a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Welcome back to Inside Sources' final segment on a Friday. Great to be with you as always. I am Boyd Matheson. And as we close out the week, obviously it's been a big news week between State of the Union, shooting down balloons, not shooting down balloons, having hearings about balloons, everything going on relating to China. Uh, and oh, by the way, uh, moment today that they uh, shot something else down uh, over Alaska. And then we had within the State of the Union itself, we had the president and Republicans going back and forth as it relates to statements that people have or haven't made about Social Security and Medicare. Uh, We had moments of uh, back and forth between fentanyl, the number of people that it's killing and who's responsible for all of that. And all of these things just leads me to a set of principles that I, I think are really driving all of this. And it's what we all have to really focus on. And it's the difference between political courage and political cowardice, and it often gets lost in the political rhetoric. Now, if you didn't hear the beginning of the show as we were talking about what was going on, especially as it relates to China, I had a great conversation with Mike uh, Mazza, and uh, he was talking about the fact that he was a little disappointed that uh, President Biden did not lean in to the China spy balloon uh, in his State of the Union address. And Mike had been pointing out that, you know, maybe this is kind of a Sputnik moment. Maybe this is an opportunity to galvanize the country, uh, to bring the military, the agencies, the private sector all together to figure out how we better compete with China and better protect ourselves from China. And so he was disappointed. And if you look at that, that's an example where I am certain that those doing the political calculus said, no, we don't want to go there tonight. Because we think that will become the story or we think that will become a distraction or it will make the president look weak instead of the president looking strong. And so a decision was made based on political courage versus political cowardice, all wrapped up in political rhetoric. And so you didn't really hear anything in the context of the speech. Similarly, the Republicans responding to the president's comments about all the fentanyl deaths in America responded not with political courage but with political cowardice, shouting in the midst of a very raucous State of the Union that it was the president's fault, that the blood of those people were on his hands because he didn't close the border. When we know the reality is that 98% of the fentanyl that's coming across the border is being brought across by Americans and being delivered to Americans. And most of it, by the way, is coming through checkpoints are regular checkpoints, not across rivers, not with people with backpacks. It's coming across in cars by American citizens coming across the border. So all of this to say that the the president and the Republicans are going back and forth and the Democrats and Republicans are going back and forth about everything. Now we're having these battles over who actually said what about cutting or freezing Social Security. And the president made a statement that I thought had political cowardice to it. He knew it wasn't true. But it works politically. And so he used the political rhetoric to make it seem as if 
all the Republicans, or maybe not quite a majority of the Republicans, or some of the Republicans, actually believe that, or had a proposal, or had a legislative bill text around that, none of which exist. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Of course, the flip side of that is the president in 1995 said he tried to freeze and cut all of those programs, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and military veterans benefits, four times. He said it on the floor of the United States Senate. So all of this to say, look, we're having the wrong conversations. When we focus on the political rhetoric, it leads us to political cowardice instead of political courage. And that's where we have to get back to. Uh, Many of you know one of my favorite books is The Power of Truth, which was published back in 1902 in England by an Episcopalian author, William George Jordan. Uh, The book has many lessons, uh, and I don't think any are more pertinent uh, than those dealing with cowardice and cronyism uh, and the willingness to bend the truth to gain an advantage. So this is what William George Jordan wrote back in 1902. He said, truth can stand alone, for it needs no chaperone or escort. Lies are cowardly, fearsome things that must travel in battalions. They are a lot like like drunken men, one vainly seeking to support another. And then he said, he who sacrifices his ideals, truth and character, for mere money or position is weighing his conscience in one pan of a scale against a bag of gold in the other. He's loyal to what he finds the heavier that which he desires the more, the money, the power. But that's not the truth. Now, Jordan also pointed out that the politician who is vacillating, temporizing, shifting, constantly trimming his sails to catch every puff of wind of popularity is a trickster who succeeds only until he's found out. A lie can live for a time. Truth lives for all time. So then in the real caution, Jordan concluded with this, which I think is the essence of what we're trying to get to. He said, men and women who split hairs with their conscience, who who mislead others by deft, shrewd phrasing designed to utter and produce false impressions are untruthful in a most cowardly way. And they forgive themselves their crime in congratulating themselves in the cleverness of their alibi. And that's where our political cowardice comes from. When we have leaders who are okay uttering something they know is not true and that produces a false impression, they are untruthful in the most cowardly way. And then just think of this from the political standpoint of both sides. They forgive themselves their crime, 
of not being honest and bending the truth in a cowardly way by congratulating themselves on the cleverness of their alibi. And that's where it all breaks down. And all of the political rhetoric leads to political cowardice and prevents us from having the political courage to solve the problems for the American people. That wraps it up for Inside Sources today here on KSL News Radio. I am Boyd Matheson. And as always, as you go out into the world today, make sure you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. KSL FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake City. Listen on the KSL News Radio app and in your car at 102.7 FM. KSL News Radio, Utah's all day companion for news. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America, but this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.